You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 512, we review the Euro 2020 television heroes and villains, Tangled Up in Joni Mitchell's Blue, and Radio Run by Robots. That's all coming up after Joni Mitchell and Hunter. I was alone and sickly, it was a quarter of a moonlit night. I heard him cry through my window shade and filled me so full right. But I could not turn my back on him, I put on the back porch light. Can I help you say the good Samaritan? Can I help you say the good Samaritan? I brought him bread and a blanket, but I told him you can't come in here. You can sleep outside in the two shadow rain comes in there. Well, I don't know you, you're a stranger to me. No, I don't know where you've been. You can't come in here, said the keeper of the inn. I don't want you in here, said the keeper of Sleep for the thinking, you know, the night got so insane. I thought maybe he was an angel, and I left him out in the rain. Oh, and what if he was the devil? He'll be coming after me again. But when I woke in the weary morning, he was gone. When I woke in the weary morning, he Maybe he was an angel and I left him out in the rain. Oh, and what if he was a devil? He'll be coming after me again. When I woke in the early morning, he was gone. 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 gone. When I woke in the morning, he was gone. This is a track that appeared on the various early pressings of Joni Mitchell's Blue Album. But Joni changed her mind at the very last moment, took this one off, along with Urge for Going, to make room for a couple of other songs. Now it's finally been issued on an EP, Blue 50, Demos and Outtakes. A lovely track that would have been worthy of its place on Mm. Blue. Joni Mitchell from 1971 and Hunter the Good Samaritan. This is the standard at which the greats operate, don't they? That they just they just fling off classics from from their records at the very last minute, just to have that in your locker as a sort of a you know a kind of a, oh well we haven't got room for this oh well never mind I mean for goodness sake that's better than most people's whole careers isn't it that track it's really just wonderful um, and we'll be returning to Joni and the Blue mm. album a little bit later. Hello and thanks for joining us for episode five hundred and twelve of the Parish Council. I'm Terence Stackham. And 
you know, I know it's the question everybody's been asking this week. Is she replacing the banjo player in Mumford and Sons? It's Juliet Harris. Do you know, once again, they've not called, which oh. is starting to get quite irritating, actually. Who knows? Maybe I need to write some sort of polemic or something, yeah. and then I'm then I'm allowed to allowed to join. But what a what a peculiar story that we've talked about previously. But anyway, I, I you know I'm not a banjo player, but I can pitch in in the ukulele if they need me. But in the meantime, I'll just say hello to everyone. Hi. He seems to he seems to be the the Matt Hancock of of the Bengali <laughs> world. It was, <laughs> that, um, that, isn't that an endorsement? I'd have that on business cards. That's amazing. <laughs> As we record this, the England football team are two days away from their round of sixteen match against Germany. <laughs> yes, uh, and we all know how well that ends. Yes, oh dear. Um, and after it's all the conclusion of the group matches uh, has, mm. has been and done, and this seems like a good idea to reflect on the uh, good time to reflect on the Mm. media coverage of the tournament so far and the television coverage in particular with games being shared in the UK between the BBC and ITV but they are incredibly similar in format a male Mm. presenter on each channel with socially distant so-called experts with him (laughs) and then commentary from the usual voices with the usual so-called expert uh, co-commentators sitting alongside them within the standard format Jules have you found anything to make this coverage stand out from Euros and World Cups of the last hundred years or so not especially. I mean, I, I suppose the only thing that varies are the pundits and the pundits do vary in quality, I think. I very much enjoyed there has been obvious use of more female pundits. Uh, the excellent Alex Scott playing quite a big role on BBC One. Ennia Luco turned up. I can't remember. She might have been on ITV. It's she ITV. BBC. Yeah. yeah, it was ITV and she was excellent as well. It's, I always find it interesting. The players, they always bring greats from yesteryear and some bless them are better than others. I enjoyed Cessus of Abergrass. Uh, yes. contributions I thought they were very they were very shrewd and also the the human ball of sparking of joy that is Michael Richards I'm always glad to see Michael Richards with that laugh he's all and that's what made I think that the highlight of the and I, I use that word advisedly given what I'm going to talk about but I think the the a, a bit that was really just well judged was the the pundits when they went back to the studio after the terrible events in Denmark versus Finland when Ericsson was taken so ill fortunately he's well now I mean you can debate and I don't plan to rehearse that here whether you know whether the camera should pull away quicker you know that sort of thing but I thought that the the way that that Seth Fabregas and Alex Scott and Michael Richards and, and Gary Lineker handled themselves was really exemplary actually so in that sense not for the best of reasons but that stood out and I thought although one could argue they shouldn't have been in that position they they did incredibly well as did the commentators that were commenting on the game um, I I took took me ten minutes of hearing Graham Sooness to work out who he was. I had I just didn't recognise him in the slightest. Um, I could do with less Robbie Savage in my life is is how I'm mm. feeling. But also um, the other, of course, the sparker of joy in a slightly different way is the perennial crossness of Roy Keane. That it gives <laughs> me life for how cross he is with everyone and everything. And the bit where he was complaining. I mean, he is the. I mean, he felt. I feel like he's the Alan Sugar of the football world. <laughs> 
and that he's the sort of the complaining old man that they wheel out. And the fact that he was talking about the England players that had to isolate, having spoken to the Scottish player that that um, that, that managed to, to catch COVID because they've been speaking to him for 20 minutes. I liked Roy Key's summary of, you know, even though it was his, his teammate, why were they talking to him for 20 minutes? And Roy Key said, I don't talk to anyone for more than five minutes. And I thought, you know, that's probably right. And I probably bet we, true, can include, yeah. we can include Mrs. Roy Keane in that. And actually, <laughs> she might be quite relieved given how cross Roy Keane gets sometimes. So I, so I very much enjoyed And ITV's accidental discovering of it. It's almost like a Samuel Beckett play, this double act between Roy Keane and Ian Wright, who are just the complete polar opposites. Ian Wright's sort of love and enthusiasm for life and Roy Keane just hating everything that's ever graced this, this green earth. is that That is just, that's for whoever stumbled on that that is great so so i'm you know that sometimes it's a little bit you know you're just saying the same things that people always say but but the extremes of emotion that i have enjoyed in the tv coverage i must admit i am um, and, and after all the controversy of sam matterface replacing clive tildesley mm. I, I can't spot the difference i can't tell the difference i don't i don't, I don't know what it is that's changed i yeah. um Oh, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's the new it, boss, same as the old yeah, boss. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not, you know, not to, not to denigrate him, but yeah, I, I didn't spot a lot of difference really. And also bless Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch is trapped in the character of Peter Crouch, AKA Crouchy from the podcast. And every time you see him on something, there's this look of sort of slight, slight sort of de-energized terror in his eyes I think where I feel like he's kind of trapped now and he he doesn't know what to do so if only if someone can free the Peter Crouch one that would be great I think <laughs> my highlight so far has been the former Wales player Robert Earnshaw turning up in the IV, ITV studio to act as an expert for the Italy v Wales game and he dressed as a cross between the Beatles in the Sergeant Pepper period and Adamant in the video for Stand and Deliver. <laughs> I missed out on this and I'm really sorry because that it sounds an, incredible. An amazing steampunk outfit of braid and buttons everywhere. It was the most extraordinary uh, thing. Next to him, and very soberly dressed, was the coach of Chelsea's women's team, Emma Hayes, who I mm. think has been far and away the best oh, studio she's expert. fab, yeah. She's br- so brilliant. She's articulate. Uh, analytical and um, mm. crucially this I think is this is, is something I, I really want to um, say is it, she's involved with the game right now and that's one of the major yes. issues for me with the likes of yes. Lee Dixon, Martin Keown, yes. I don't know, Dion Dublin, Danny Murphy. These people haven't played the game for 20 years or more and they are way out of touch with mm. the modern era and it's tedious now, tedious for pundits to say, oh I don't understand the way linesmen work the offside rule or you know, moaning about VAR. They sound like Grandad Simpson shouting at the sky and they're, they're Wittering must be a complete turn off for younger mm, viewers who absolutely. do understand that linesmen have been instructed to hold on to wait for the completion yeah. of that uh, part of play before being their flag up. And you know, VAR, yes, you know, there will be a narrow line where some oh, they're only just offside, but if you're offside, you're offside, so it's not yeah, a goal, you know, it's, it doesn't matter if it's an inch or a yard. Um, the other winners, uh, alongside Emma Hayes. Um, definitely Ali McCoist, who who doesn't take he's, himself. He's improved immeasurably. Yeah, oh, no, he's... I completely agree. Yes, I, I I never liked him very much, and like you say, doesn't take himself seriously. Um, and I think is is. 
now he's trying less to be funny all the time. I, I enjoy him. I think he's good. He's, he's got a, a sort of childlike excitement yes. on being there. But I also fully endorse, inevitably, Alex Scott on the BBC and splendid uh, Ennio Luca on yes. ITV. And look at that, broadcasters. Three of the four best presenters on yes. football are women and the world hasn't ended. No, absolutely. And once, you know, once Alex Scott takes over, is it Football Focus she's taking yes. over? Then that's, you know, uh, you know, she's just a class act. I'm, and, and you know, her moving words when Christian Eriksen was taken ill were just, I, she just got it right. She was emotional, but not overly emotional. And I, I thought she was, she was superb. But no, I completely agree. I just want Emma Hayes to sort of manage my life, really. She's so no nonsense. <laughs> I just feel that there should be some sort of app where you're trying to do something and Emma Hayes kind of explains yeah. to you what you ought to do and gives you motivational sort of tips uh, get on it bro, you know get on it developers that would be a money spinner i think yes what would emma hayes do absolutely you need one of them wristbands yeah <laughs> yes coming up next 50 years this week since the release of Joni mitchell's album blue is it worth remembering that's right after Steelo. hey this is radio station Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form father. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi because she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams. I can scheme a way to make her mine because I know she's living fat. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball, so how am I going to compete with that? Because when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I I tell them scat, skittles, kebabble, got hit with a bottle, and in a hospital for dark and that mess. I confess it's a shame when you living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. Glad I came to my senses, like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach, overcoming by thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four parlor. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her, I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four ball. I wish I had a brand new car, so far I got this hatchback, and everywhere I go, yo, I get laughed at, and when I'm in my car, I'm laid back, I got an A-track and a spare tire in the back seat, but that's flat, and you wanna know what's really whack, see, I can't even get a date, so what you think of that, I heard that prom night is a bomb night with a hood ratchet and old type of Rico, I was a baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. 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 I wish I was a little bit ta
a Friday and you can even speed on the highway. I would play ghetto games. Name my kids ghetto names. Little Mookie, the Al, Lorraine. Yo, you know that's on the real. So if you down on your luck, then you should know just how I feel. Cause if you don't want me around, see I go simple, I go easy, I go greyhound. Hey, you, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going on. to get down like that. Wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six more parlor. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six more parlor. the young people called an absolute banger i've always yeah. been a, a huge fan of that tune and i was in a, a burger establishment the other evening and they had an old school hip-hop playlist on and i just remember the first time i they they that i saw that it was on i want to say the ozone but i don't think it was it bbc2 used to show sort of random music programming at random times it might have been when top of the pops 2 used to show a modern track each each week uh, compared to all you know, they have all the old stuff and they go and here's a modern track and, and, and it was a, yeah exactly in, in amongst all that sort of thing they had they had this video of Skeeter I seem to remember him rapping on a park bench which felt very sort of adjacent to my life at that point it wasn't you know in some big country house he was sat in the middle of a park doing a rap and I just I love it I love the fact that, that it's, it's not like usual rap in that you've got this sort of bragging and boasting mm. it's just him saying I wish I was a little bit taller and I I think that's so relatable for sort of rap. I think yeah. it's I think it's great. It's, it's a it's a very unusual example of the genre, but people still seem to be genuinely fond of it. Again, because I think it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I just I just really like that. It was a bit of a one hit wonder, but it, it doesn't matter because that is so that is so good. I think that is really endearing and enduring. That is Skilo and I wish. I love the the tip of the hat in the lyrics to Buffalo Springfield. Hey, yes. hey, what's that sound? Um, three albums from uh, Skilo, six years between the first and the second, mm, 11 years time, between yes. the second and the third, <laughs> nine years since that third album. He's a sort of male Kate Bush. <laughs> Absolutely. Who ever thought Skilo yeah. and Kate Bush in the same sentence? <laughs> Listeners of the podcast are spoiled as ever. When uh, Joni Mitchell's album Blue was released uh, this week, 50 years ago, the reviews at the time were uh, a little bland, even mm. underwhelming. Here's The Guardian in June 1971. The lyrics of Blue are less adventurous than in her three previous albums. Its music is less careful. It's less representative of women than Joni <gasps> Rolling Stone um, at the time in 1971 referred to this flight tonight as, I quote, a clumsy attempt at stream of consciousness, virtually unsingable, and Joni's soprano hopelessly at odds with the rock and roll tune. But the thing is, this is how I remember Blue being... um, uh, 
reviewed in the summer of 1971 it was like a secret almost Mm. an underground movement that amongst friends you passed on and said you know you have to hear this while the press and their reviewers were cool on the album and of course since then its popularity and place in musical history and culture it just grows and grows um in say the last 20 years no 100 greatest hits of all time list um greatest albums of all time list can be compiled without this album in the top 10 mm. so George, from your perspective who's right the sniffy reviewers in 1971 or recent history suggesting blue is one of the greatest albums ever recorded i mean i feel it's the latter personally and and i I think I think there was still quite a lot of sniffiness around women back in the early 70s. I bet all of those reviews were male. I'd be surprised if any of those reviews were, were written by, by women. Both um, male reviews, yes. Absolutely. And when they say, you know, I like the fact, oh, the music is less careful. Does everything need to be thought through very deeply? Is there, is there you know, is there not room for spontaneity? And, you know, her lyrics are less inventive. Blue is great because Joni Mitchell is, I feel, telling her own story on Blue. There isn't, there aren't so many. I don't feel, I feel it's that she's talking to me. I don't feel there's so much, as much as I love all, you know, most of most of her work from around that time. I I don't feel that we're getting many sort of stories. I, I just, I just feel it's her. And I think that's what, that's what's so appealing about it. Let's not forget that the critics around that time, particularly that sort of, you know, late 60s, early 70s period, Nick Drake, when Nick Drake left left this world thinking that he was a failure because he hadn't been particularly well reviewed and no one really bought the records. And of course, now he's rightly very much venerated. So so I think that Blue is a, is a magnificent record. I do. I love the fact that that although it's seen as one of the great singer songwriter albums, those reviews do hit on something that it takes incredible risks, despite the fact that it's not as it's not as obviously freeform and jazzy as, say, the hissing for some of as hissing of summer lawns it's not you know it's, it's not perhaps as lyrically adventurous as as uh caught and spark it's there's still something about it that is the fact that she is at odds on certain songs there there you know it's it's an immensely brave record even though it's often not written up as that so so i'm i'm a big defender of Joni and blue generally and it has stood the test of time hence why we are talking about the fact that they're releasing an ep of offcuts to celebrate its 50th anniversary and all of those offcuts are off the scale great. They are. It was it was lovely to see a short twenty second video of Joni released mm, this week. That was, in which that she, was gorgeous. Yeah, she briefly talks about the fiftieth anniversary of the Blue Album. And I think particularly as she nearly didn't make it past her brain aneurysm yeah, in twenty fifteen. But she looked okay and she'll be she looked, 70, I thought she looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, she'll be seventy eight in a few months, you know. So you know I'm one has to bear that in mind. Her. Yeah, I'm glad we've still got it. There'll be a time when we don't. Oh, indeed. There's a wonderful piece and interview with Joni in the Los Angeles Times this week with Mm. Cameron Crowe, who who Joni Mitchell clearly trusts. And one of the lovely aspects to emerge, um, which I... Obviously, I suppose none of us had really any idea that this happens. Is that Joni occasionally now hosts Joni's Jams uh, evenings at her home in Los Angeles? Oh, how lovely! A small group of people like Elton John um, and sometimes some emerging talent that has caught her ear. But the touching thing is, despite 
saying um, in interviews in the last few years that her voice is gone and that she'll never mm. sing again. A couple of weeks ago at one of these Joni's Jams, Brandy Carlisle was playing All I Want from Blue and Joni couldn't help herself and joined in. Oh, and wow. She, she told Cameron Crowe in this interview in the Los Angeles Times this week, the spirit moved me. I forgave myself for my lack of talent, which is a lovely wow. thing. Wow, isn't that say. just, oh, I mean, you know, that's, that's deeply moving, isn't it, really? And you feel like it's not a lack of talent. It's time, isn't it? Yeah. It's time that's 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 yeah. moved on. And, and, and uh, sort of 55 years of uh, smoking cigarettes. Well, yes, although, although, true, although I, I, let's not be too sensorial about that. <laughs> but, um, but yes, I am. Um, no, I just, I love the fact that, 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 that Joni can be Joni and, and just, you know it's it's yeah that is so moving and i lo- and God, what what an experience for those emerging talents to go to Joni mitchell's house and and, and and be involved just you know just the thought of that is is incredible isn't it so so and and how interesting that that that, that and, I, and how heartening that because she trusts cameron crowe how heartening there are men out there that are allowing women to age and understand that and understand that journey because you know there are very few venerated women of that age compared to venerated men of that age so I'm glad and hopeful that that we can let women age well that we can just let women age really that's that's my hope. Blue is a wonderful album it fully deserves the attention it's receiving it's full of heartfelt songs as you say Mm. yes we we know about the breakup with Graham Nash but the songs are so open that we can all relate to them and it's it's a simple album it's mainly it's about Joni and her uh, dulcimer with uh, Appalachian dulcimer with James Taylor here and uh, Stephen Steele's there on some yeah. tracks. But the, there aren't so many albums that you can play and play again and keep getting something new from them. And this is one of those albums. It always does give you something fresh. Mm, I completely and agree. Huge to take away from it. Yeah. Joni Mitchell and Blue released 50 years ago this week. And you can buy various different reissued versions of that, I think. There's something for everyone. Lovely. At Times Square uh, this weekend in New York, they've got a huge, never seen before portrait of Joni. Oh, uh, wow. Spotify are paying for it. A huge new portrait of Joni Mitchell up in um, you know, massive uh, size portrait in, in Times Square. That's incredible. Uh, I hope some of our American friends can see that. That just sounds wonderful. Coming right up, radio programming is getting even weirder. Uh, that's next after this wonderful cover of a track from Joni Mitchell's Blue by Prince. I'm a lonely painter. I live in a box of paints. I used to be frightened by the devil and drawn to those ones that weren't afraid.
a strange little duck but i like him uh, <laughs> that's what joni mitchell told told mojo magazine in 1994 referring to prince who has cited joni uh, joni mitchell as his greatest influence and uh, amazingly well she told cameron crowe that she can remember him uh, prince and his distinctive appearance sitting in the front row of her shows in wow. minneapolis in the mid 70s when prince that's was incredible. barely a teenager and that's um, just that's that's something else isn't, isn't it amazing it? and he wrote fan mail to her all through his life right up oh, and wow. till the end yeah um from the 2002 album one night alone prince and a case of you that is a glorious version and speaking of the of the duck thing i do think that that Joni mitchell's kind of insults that are still full of love are a great thing i i found myself listening to carrie from blue on repeat yeah. the other week and uh, as i will say to you next time you mock me terence you're a yeah. mean old daddy but you're all right and i think that's <laughs> such a great uh like such a great sort of uh yeah. the way that she's so playful i think and i think that prince catches her playfulness really well so I, I think they're both unexpectedly playful artists that people miss about them so I love the fact that they were a, you know that they were an alliance I think that's grand it's amazing really uh, Prince is often cited two favorite musical artists in the world Joni Mitchell and Kate Bush I mean it's wow. extraordinary when and, you think and, of his own work how yeah. he would come to be influenced by them is marvelous I think he was a brilliant understander and champion of women Prince he, he absolutely knew how to support women in a way that was genuine rather than transactional and he was a big supporter towards the end of his life he did a lot with Leanne Le Havis he did some well he stayed in her house when he, he came did, over didn't to he? those yeah. shows yes and um and he also i think had some involvement with laura and vula as well so i he just i, I that's what that's my big love of prince really that he just he just he he appreciated women but he appreciated the whole woman and i think that's 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 immense so a huge huge loss and a huge fan i think of, of prince uh, and one of the greatest uh, musicians in yes. popular music history. Um, and what a guitar, well, multi-instrumentalist, but what a guitarist as well. Um, having seen him live, it, just extraordinary. Mm. And um, I often say to people it, uh, that, that there was a slightly mawkish um, tribute to George Harrison, um, mm. a, a night with George or something, and they played all sort of George Harrison songs. Yes. But the, the, the most fabulous clip of that night is them... Um, uh, doing the uh, George Harrison song, and and uh, Prince comes on for the last two minutes to do a guitar solo, and just sort of blows the, <laughs> you know, the whole it. Yeah. thing away, and at the end just sort of everybody's looking at him and grinning and at the end as he plays this sort of final uh lead note just chucks his guitar up in the air and walks off stage and it's just one of the best guitar breaks <laughs> i've ever seen in my life so yeah that dear old incredible Chris. 
Um, we, we've become aware and I guess even used to over the last few years of changes in the way local radio works in the commercial sector. It's, it's now quite common for breakfast and, and drive shows to be networked, but by very clever use of software, they drop in local news, weather, traffic, commercials. So in theory, the listener doesn't realise that the presenter is talking essentially to maybe a dozen different stations with those local inserts timed to perfection. But now it's all gone a stage further into different music genre stations, all having the same mm. DJ or presenter. But weirdly with different music tracks chosen by software um, embedded in earlier this year the uk station country hits radio was rebranded uh, taken over by the absolute radio group and rebranded as absolute radio country and now joins the rest of the absolute network in that uh, as an example the breakfast dj uh, dave berry and the drive show uh, couple of people are hosted live but the DJs never mention the music because they're presenting all at the same time, absolute rock, absolute 60s, absolute 90s, amongst others, and now absolute country. And like those commercials and traffic reports, each record now has to be dropped in, has to be of exactly the same length so that Dave Berry or whoever comes in at exactly the right time. But he can't mention the music because it's a different track on each of those sort of 20 genre stations. And I was thinking, Jules, why not go the whole way and dispense with the human presenter and just let automatic, automated voices take over? I completely agree. I completely agree with that observation. I just find this so dispiriting and so depressing. And and actually, I think in the end it will do them in because I think that they have misunderstood fundamentally what people want when they listen to radio. Because surely if I'm just getting automated sort of updates about, you know, you know, and that's all it is. It's just automated with no resemblance or reference to the music. Why don't I just put a Spotify playlist on? <laughs> they will get squeezed out by the fact that there that there are loads. I mean, it's not just Spotify, um, uh, Apple Music. There are other providers that will that will put play. And we've talked about them before on the podcast. That will put playlists together based on a, a, based on an algorithm, and and it, and they work. And and you know, I find, I really enjoy lots of Apple Music playlists. I don't. If I want someone talking between them, I want them to be telling me more about something I'm listening to. I don't want them just to be going, "Hey, how about that weather out there, guys?" Like the uh, like the DJ yeah. Automon from The Simpsons. So um, so I I really just don't. I don't understand why they think this is a good idea just because, you know, the continued popularity of stations like Radio 2, like Six Music. And I can't believe that we've been through this pandemic. And, you know, we've 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 there've been lots of articles about how radio and podcasts are really having a moment because people really want that kind of interaction and and the communal experience of people playing records and sort of talking about them at the end everyone can join in at the same time i don't know why you would live through that time and then go i know what we'll do lads we'll just have stations that play different types of music and we'll just have someone completely you know unrelated to that just popping in and telling you that there's a snarl up on the m4 and then we'll play and then you know then we'll play dolly parton or oasis or whatever and it doesn't make any difference i i as well as finding this depressing i find it baffling because i don't see how it's going to work i don't see how what they're offering that people can't get elsewhere and won't then go and get elsewhere 
Amazingly, and I'm very sceptical about this, Absolute say that the majority of listeners are happy with the changes and social media engagement has risen since this takeover. But I was thinking the rise in social media could be thousands of people on Twitter or Facebook saying they're never going to listen again. Um, Mm. it, It does seem most peculiar. And I simply don't believe listeners do welcome this because it feels like another downward step in the steady decline of radio and exactly as you say especially among younger listeners who turn to spotify youtube podcasts and yeah. as you say there are dozens of other ways when when you can create or curate your own listening experience why hand that over to software but also i think the most important point of all i think i was thinking about bob harris Roger Scott, Robbie Vincent, David Mm. Rodigan, presenters who are or were passionate about the music they play and bring that knowledge and enthusiasm to the listeners. That's all out of the window with this. If the Mm, presenter doesn't even acknowledge the music that's playing, as you say, on on, um, one station going out, um, you've got Keith Urban. On another one, the Beatles. On another one, Oasis. On another one, the Dave Clark Five. And he just has to come in and say, oh, well, that was lovely, wasn't it? And, um, well, it's uh, it's Monday. And, you know, I'll, uh, mm. I'll be going to the laundrette later because my washing machine's broken. And here's another track for you now. I mean, it's just, the, the music just becomes a sideshow. Yeah. It is really strange days. It's really odd. It really odd yeah i don't understand how that's going to work really it's it's yeah i agree with you it doesn't seem to be appealing in the slightest really thanks very much for listening this week and if you would like to hear more of juliet here's how to do so <laughs> well i mean what on earth you would want that i don't know but anyway firstly thanks for listening everyone i i i endorse the message of my senior colleague sir terence Lackham. um i would yeah i would like you to join me it's sunday evening 7 till 9 p.m on my mixler channel mixlr.com forward slash juliet hyphen harris um or just go on to mixer and search my name um i do something called smooth sailing uh which is yacht rock easy listening classic pop it does wander about a bit but it, everything aims to be sort of relaxing and uplifting and just a pleasant way to to see out the rest of the week and if you can't always listen live there is a show reel button on my page where you can f- uh, catch up and find at uh, smooth sailings passim absolutely excellent and a lovely track infused with summer to play us out well, yes, I seem to be on this summer tip now when I'm t- uh, when I uh, get picking records, and um, and I uh, this was something that has been with me over the last couple of days, and I was having a conversation with somebody over the weekend about how much we miss Kirsty McColl, and uh, this this record is just such a joy. I think it's uh, taken towards the end of her career and her life from the brilliant album Tropical Brainstorm. There's a there's a fun to this. It's such a fun record, yet it's also very knowing and very arch. And I think it's a, a great summary of her, and I, I just absolutely adore this. It makes me chuckle every time I hear it, and that's a good endorsement for a record at the moment. This is the uh, late great Kirsty McColl and in these shoes. I once met a man with a sense of adventure he was dressed to thrill wherever he went he said let's make love on a mountain top under the stars on a big hard rock I said in these shoes I don't think so I said hey let's do it here 
at a bar in Guadalajara In walks a guy with a faraway look in his eyes He said, I've got a powerful horse outside Climb on the back, I'll take you for a ride I know a little place we can get there for the break of day I said in these shoes No way, Jose. I said, honey, let's stay right here. Listening to a Parish Council production.